before the show starts, I just wanted to say that uh, we did have some technical issues early on with this episode, uh, but it does get better. The first 15 minutes or so are a little rough uh, with Ben's audio, uh, and even Amanda's audio for once in a while, but uh, it does get better. It was a system-wide issue. Uh, we got an email afterwards that uh, everyone was affected, so just uh, stick with it. it. It does get better. I appreciate it, um, and uh, thanks so much for uh, listening to the show. This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Last week we talked about games that disappointed us once we played them. Tonight we're going to talk about games that we really didn't think we were going to enjoy, but then once we played them, we actually liked them. Stick around. It's uh, games we liked that we didn't think we were going to. Episode 108 of the Chaotic Goodcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. How we doing, everyone? Doing all right. Doing all right. Artist, illustrator, maniac, Amanda Call. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Am- Amanda? Yes? Did you turn the lights off? No, I'm here. Do you not oh. see me? I do not. What? What? Oh, I, I told you pre-stream. It's Doug, not me. It's not me. It's that not bottom left-hand corner is cursed. Why? <laughs> we can hear you fine, but I, your 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 square is black. I don't know. It's not black on my end on StreamYard. I can. I, I, I can. Yeah, I can see her. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know why. Why Jason? Uh, can see nope. But on YouTube, I'm definitely a black square. So maybe you should wow. boot me out and let me back. Nice you. try, Doug. All right. <laughs> How's that? Is that better? Worse? Can you see me now? No. No. <laughs> why, why, why don't you try clicking on the link again, Amanda? And we'll, okay, uh, bye. Bye. And that was Amanda Call, folks. Thank you so much for joining us, Amanda. And of course, our chaotic good cast would not be complete without the one and only geek of the north, Mr. Jason Hunt. At this point oh. in time, the left-hand coast of this country is going through a heck of a heat wave. So, folks, please check on your cats, your dogs, your Canadians. None of us are handling this well. You know it's what? You, pe- you know what people should do to co- cool off? Maybe put some cold water on their toes. That's for uh, that. That is a uh, nope. A call hey, out for. Uh, uh, She's back. <laughs> You know, I, I do let I, I do want folks to know that like ten minutes prior to the stream, we do like hop on and do like yeah. technical. <laughs> we do mic, checks, we do mic checks. checks. We do we do visual checks. Like we we prep well, for this the stream. But once and, you hit go live, all bets are off. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, Hungry Ewok says it's triple digits here in oh. Tacoma, Washington. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I don't think it got to 90. It was supposed to get to like 90 something today, but it, I think it got to like 86, but the community is just nasty. It got like to you, 90 here in Maine. Ugh. Ugh. You just walk outside and it's just, it is it like, uh, just yeah. like punches you in the face. It's 94 it's... in your American degrees here today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. 
gross. Yeah, yeah it's freedom freedom this is freedom degrees. Yeah, in freedom degrees. Um, that's what, that's there was a stands for. There's a place in British Columbia that was the hottest place in Canada uh, the other day at 46.1 degrees Celsius, which is like 114 or something Fahrenheit. Um, that is the hottest temperature ever recorded in Canada in the history of Canada. <laughs> nice. That's crazy. Uh, Doug says, uh, Doug Engler says, uh, we hit 91 in, in Chazy, New York. Chazzy, Chazzy, Chazzy. I don't know what that. Uh... Oh, Barney. You're supposed to be on birthday with your wife. Uh, Chris says it's over 100 in the mountains of North Carolina, Northern California. That is just Jeez. that's hot. That's too much. Too much. Yeah, that's that's just way too much. Ben's uh, still having troubles again. We're still having we're still having problems with that uh, fourth the uh, fourth member of the chaotic good cast. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's it's going the on. Wave or Doug's green screen. Uh, it's not my. <laughs> what are you talking it's about? This a... is this is my new this is my new office. Yes, Doug, got... yes, Do you Doug want me to get you a book? Is... I'll get you a book here. What, what book yeah. would you like? Doug sold a sports card and bought a new house. Oh. I, I do that quite often, though. As one does, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> of course, Barney Barney can't join us, but yet he still joins us in the chat and says hexatoes. Yes. I'm sure his wife is thrilled that on her birthday, Barney is watching the Chaotic Goodcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, usually we do uh, new at the store. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Ben's uh, monitor and, and it's still not uh, it's it's very glitchy and frozen. So uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, see if Ben hops off and hops back on here a little bit. I wonder. I almost do wonder. It could it be something heat related? Like I mean, I know the power grids and stuff are having a hard time with this. So you never. I, know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what we might have to do? We might have to only have three people on at once and just like rotate people in and out. We'll, rotate oh, no. <laughs> we'll, ta we'll tag in and tag out. <laughs> yeah. I ben, mean, uh, as yeah, far ben. as a, as far as weird superstitious rituals in lieu of tech support goes, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's, let's just get to, let's, let's go to our first segment, which is usually new at the store, but we're going to go and bump up the second segment, which is con bods. You love it. Jason, you know, you love it. It's growing on me like a fungus of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Should get a cream. Yes, I'm going to put up some kind. I will say that, that this week I did not do as well walking as I have previously because A, it's been hot as heck. And B, my daughter has summer school. And that has cut into my regular routine. And so, like, I can't just, like, I got to be carting her back and forth to summer school, you know, for a couple hours in the afternoon. And that's Can usually the time. Walk? No, because it's it's a ways. I mean, she Jason. has two legs. I've seen her walk. Well, I know, <laughs> but you know. But the good news is, the good news is, she she finished summer school today. It was only, I think, four days. She I think finished is finished four days. Yeah. Of she, what, is, what? What? Well, 
I think they is, give them. I think they give them ten days, and then like the it's like if they are like behind in certain classes, she got let out they, for good behavior. Yeah, they pretty much they just make sure that they get everything done that they were supposed to do get done during the oh, semester. I see. I see. So, yeah. I don't know. Ben's still. Uh, we're still having technical issues with Ben. He's, yeah, he says it might be a streamyard issue. And now he's he gone says, again. Now, now he's gone again. Oh. The ghost. Here, what I'll do is maybe I'll take I'll take Amanda out. Put Ben in. Ben, what's going on? Does this work? Am I in? You no. sound good, but your video's still a bit choppy. Well, who cares about video? <laughs> no one, no oh. one wants to see this. We had a we had a really good face shot of you there for a second, then you moved. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just hold one pose, like ah. Just hold it like this, and it'll be fine, right? <laughs> Everything will be great. <laughs> be like that cartoon. <sighs> that I used. I, I'm going to remind folks that if they're listening to the audio podcast of this, uh, the audio feed of this, <laughs> of this, of this, this makes any episode, <laughs> you can join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch, <laughs> uh, and Facebook, and. Uh, you can be part of, you can witness this uh, chaos as uh oh you brought me back i was you... relaxing because i was on screen. <laughs> I, I, I purposely did that uh, i was like picking her nose in the corner <laughs> i was not picking my nose i was just enjoying my seltzer water oh, i should probably not have put that on the audio podcast <laughs> now everybody's gonna be thinking amanda had her finger up and they know thanks jason <laughs> All right, so oh wait a minute, where'd my skill go? It's behind the green screen. Is it on the shelf back there? It might be. Let me see if I can get it off the shelf. <laughs> this is this is going to be a trope now. It is. It's uh, a <laughs> thing that we do here. From Let me now see if on. I can find something. It's right here behind me. Um, yeah, I can't believe I don't have the the scale. Uh, I will uh, go, go grab the scale. Uh, in the meantime, Amanda. What? Why don't you tell folks about what you've been doing to stay active? Oh, to stay active? Yeah, to I, you know, to get in shape for convention season. I garden all summer long. All right. Well, you've got. Okay, I'll talk about my garden. I'll talk about my garden all day if you let me. So I have. Uh, two large garden plots. I grow most of the produce that my family consumes over the course of a year, and we freeze and preserve it. Um, so I have, like, two really big garden plots, plus an herb garden, plus a salad garden, and I do all of the tending mostly by myself, so that's a lot of walking all over the property and getting, getting up and down, weeding, and sometimes carting lots of big, heavy stuff around, and yeah, that's what I do all summer to keep active. That'll do it. Yep. Sometimes other like landscaping tasks too, like moving trees around or building <laughs> fences or that sort of thing. <laughs> People out there thinking that Amanda is Paul Bunyan. <laughs> I mean, essentially. Last year I built the herb garden and I needed like a bunch of big, like long logs to make the raised bed to put at the end of my house. And so I was just like well, we've got a bunch of trees that were cut down a couple years ago. I'm just going to go over here and start dragging big old trees over of the correct length of what I need. <laughs> dragging was difficult. So what I ended up doing, what I ended up doing was like end over ending them. So I would like, these were like 
like six the or eight caber foot. toss yes it was like a caber toss <laughs> it was the one woman highland games out behind my house because i would have these like eight foot long cedar logs and i would be like okay i'll just get to one end and i'll lift up the one end and get it standing up and then just push it away from me <laughs> That's how I got it across the lawn. Hope to God it doesn't fall back in your direction or towards the house. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. That's the sort of thing I do to stay in shape all summer. Nice. (laughs) Do you do Uh, art in your garden? I don't really do art in my garden. I'll more likely go off into the woods. I live in the middle of nowhere. So I usually go for a walk like out in the woods or down to the river because I live on a river as well and sketch there. So nice Mm -hmm. if i'm sitting in the garden i'm just like noticing that i need to weed something or pick something (laughs) or murder some bugs or something like that so all right so it's time for the weekly weekly weigh-in um i'm going to show you my way in um let's see here are you going to break the fourth wall to do it no, I'm going to. I'm going to see if I've got. I like the PlayStation shirt. That's cool. Oh, thank you. There we go. Didn't need the close-up, but okay. Nice so, buttons. Nice buttons. These are my buttons. So let's see here. Ah, the illusion is broken. It's really sorry. Nice. All right, here we go. Here we go. Can you, wow. can you see that? Oh, what? Look at my look at my toes. What? Nope, I'm looking at your shorts, dude. What are is they that? like salmon? What? Yeah, like salmon colored. They go with my shirt. No, See? they do I, not. I mean, they <laughs> sort of. That's no, a choice. They do. That's yeah. They do. That's a choice. <laughs> that's what Amanda's saying. That's a choice. <laughs> that's not a good choice, but it's a choice. <laughs> these are these are my sassy shorts. They are very sassy. I'll give you that. All right, I'm not gonna disagree with that. So can you see the you can see the number now, right? Yes. Yes. Well, two eighteen point five. I lost a pound. Woot. Nice. It's probably the shorts. Probably. <laughs> guys don't like these shorts. What's wrong uh, with these shorts? I wish you would really stop doing that. Look. Okay, folks. This is where the, this is where you want to tune out of the video podcast. <laughs> And for the audio I'm listeners, I'm you are I'm having, I'm glad I'm having video issues. So that... <laughs> Ben's Ben's face that whole time was just stuck like. <laughs> Ben's face was stuck on looking a little too into it. it, it it's, it's horror and uh, and and admiration in that in the confidence to wear those those shorts. <laughs> it's uh, I I like my salmon shorts. What's wrong with my salmon shorts? See, now we've made him self-conscious. Nothing is wrong with them. I was just, I was not expecting them. No, I honestly, yeah, neither was I. I was not prepared for... What do you, what do you think I usually wear? Jeans. I'm a Canadian. Everybody wears jeans, dude. Or like basketball shorts. Mm. Like the gym shorts. Weird, like that weird, like shiny. Yeah, fabric. you're such a basketball dude. I figured you'd be wearing like. Oh, I do have, I do have basketball shorts. I don't, I just don't usually wear them. Shorts. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna wear like a basketball like pair of shorts with a nice like button up shirt. Okay, fair. I'm stylish. Are you? Is that just the green screen talking? <laughs> 
Ben, how, how are you doing over there? I don't know. How am I doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can, if you can hear me, I, can. I, I can. We I can, can kind of hear you. It's not really all that. It's kind of garbled, though. Oh, well, maybe I'm just destined not to be on this week. Hmm. Um, why, why don't you? What can you? Can you send me the uh, the write up of uh, the the new at the store that you have for this week? Yeah, you want me to have a whole script? All right, yeah, give me give me a bit. I'll, okay, I'll need, I'll need two two three minutes. Okay. Oh, poor Ben. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. It's weird that he was perfectly fine before we started. Well, I think I I, I don't know. I don't know what's well, going he, on. He sounded a little robotic, but then he came back and he was perfectly fine. And then we launched and bleh. yeah. <laughs> And Amanda even had a little bit of technical problems there for a little while, but now she's good. But I don't know. oh well. What about uh, let's 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 talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else we're going to talk about. <laughs> do you want to know what I did last week? Sure. What did you do? Yeah, you weren't on the Keanu Good Cast, so what, it wasn't what... because last week I had several uh, panels and stuff to be on for the uh, superhero fiction convention, the Convention of Heroes. Nice. So this was um, a virtual convention that lasted all week, and let me pull up the actual like web address for you but it was like panels and author readings and this was focused on authors of like prose novels centered around superheroes and so they had like a bunch of different panels just about like creating superheroes and how you write that sort of thing and just about superheroes in general i was on several of the panels and we also did a uh live actual rpg play that of tiny supers that alan barr gm'd which was a lot of fun Nice. I was able to tune in briefly for that. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, but all, all of that was last week. It's all over, but they archived everything on YouTube so you can go back and watch any of the panels. Um, we did one about... I was on one about uh, designing RPGs that was just, like, fantastic. Absolutely freaking fran fantastic. It was me, Amanda Cherry, um, Darren Watts, and... Todd Downing and it was just so good like that panel went so well great questions everybody had really great insight to share well worth watching Ooh, and nice. I will I eventually find the web address to share with you I'm working <laughs> on it ben, ben I think you're back man yeah you're, you're muted back. I'm back. Yeah, you're back yeah. Oh. So Call it a all I gotta do is, is spend time typing, and then yes. yeah, basically that's all it is. That that's fair. Once you convince the computer that you're not going to pay attention to it, it starts behaving, <laughs> <laughs> nice. much like a puppy. All right, so let's get to the first segment, which should have been new at the store. So let's roll the intro. That's literally what my internet service provider is yelling at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Show it. Show me the money. So uh, up this week, we've got uh, two releases. Uh, two very popular board games are getting a little bit of new life in stores this week. First up, we have Ticket to Ride Europe, the 15th anniversary edition. 
This is an oversized board. It comes with finely crafted oversized trains, cards, uh, and each of the plastic trains is unique. So every one will look a little different. And then they all come in these great little tin containers to keep track of and hold them. Uh, this is kind of the follow-up to the uh, the original Ticket to Ride Anniversary Edition that they put out. So this will be a nice uh, like second purchase if you did buy that one. But if you are looking for getting into Ticket to Ride, uh, this is an amazing, amazing purchase. I actually recommend Ticket to Ride Europe to first-time Ticket to Ride players more than the original Ticket to Ride just because of the station mechanic, which allows players to play the game they want to play but not get cut off uh, from a certain route by spending a little extra resources you can make a station which will allow you to essentially piggyback over another player's route so you can still get your tickets completed and everything a lot less feel bads in in europe than you can sometimes get in the u.s version and uh yeah i i think this is a wonderful product uh, it does come in at about a hundred dollar msrp but with the oversized board, the unique trains, and the tins, uh, absolutely worth it. That is I, really cool looking. Yeah, it does look really good. I, oh I've got oh no, I might need it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed with that. It's, like that's not yeah. just you know like a couple of add-ons and you know a bigger board. That's impressive. The amount of work they put into that. Yeah, the uh, we we could not keep the original Ticket to Ride Anniversary Edition in stock. I expect the same thing with the Ticket to Ride Europe 15th Anniversary Edition. Um, they are just super high quality production. And like I said, I actually prefer to recommend this version to gamers as opposed to the original one just because of that uh, station mechanic, which the 3D stations in this uh, look amazing. And the trains actually can go under and through them. Uh, so it, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really cool, uh, upgrade, upgrade set. And uh, I'm, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I, I like Ticket to Ride. I personally don't own a copy of Ticket to Ride. This might get me to actually make my first Ticket what? to Ride purchase. What? I, I, yeah. I currently own three different versions of Ticket to Ride. Wow. Apparently I'm about to own four. So <laughs> no, cause I have the original game. And I I got ticket to ride, and of course my well it's it's because my son is obsessed with trains, so I have the original. It was a little bit too difficult for him at the time. He could probably figure it out now, but a few years ago when he was first like I want to play the train game, it's too much for him. Um, I got ticket to ride New York because it was smaller, right, and moves a lot faster. And then we eventually also got the ticket to ride First Journey, the kids version. Mm -hmm. So. And we've played all of them many times. Yeah, I, I only have the, the the base game. I've never. I don't think I've ever played any of the uh, the expansions or the other standalone games. So I, I probably uh, Ben, if you pick this up, we'll, we'll, we might have to uh, all, all yeah. get together and play Ticket to Ride. You're in those copious weekends, which we will have together while you travel the world at conventions. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was sarcasm. You got, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got to come hang out. Come hang out, Doug. Stop working and just. Hang if out. you would stop walking past his store and not stopping in, <laughs> I don't. I go up there and I get all nasty and sweaty and gross, and Do you I really don't want think to go ben anywhere. Cares. Yes, I got to look nice for Ben. <laughs> 
Gotta show up and give him a sweaty four-mile walk hug. That's right, that's right. That's what friends are for, sweaty four-mile walk hug. (laughs) Uh, no, I'm, I, I'm, you know, out of all the copies of these games, these Ticket to Ride games, like, I'm surprised that the, the really high-end games, like, the high-end editions sell as well as they do, because you would think that, like, people just have them already, like, like, but, why but would they Doug, need another, another version? Because I need all the little trains. I don't think okay. you understand. All I right. need all, all the right. little trains. That's true. See, it's when he told example. me they were all different already, yeah. I was like, oh, no. And then he said I could drive them through the state. Oh, no. Nope. Yeah. Done. That's, I'm done for. That's how you do a deluxe edition, folks, if any game designers are listening. Don't just give us a new game board and slap the same old stuff on it, and use the same cards, use the same rule set, blah, 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 same box art, whatever. Go that extra mile, you know? Give us a bigger board, better trains, better stations, better cards, you know, better everything. And people will go out and buy your stuff again because people are like Amanda, <laughs> who think it's really cool and will go buy your stuff again. Like, I, I, oh, I feel about that. Well, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to put myself in the same category. There's a video game called Subnautica that I really like. I think it's one of the best games ever made for a computer, honestly. Uh, it is available on the PlayStation. It is available on the Nintendo Switch. It's available on PC and pretty much anything that'll play electronic anything at this point, I think. I went out of my way after I bought it on Steam to buy it on the PlayStation, even though I hardly ever play it on the PlayStation, just because I wanted to just show my support to the company. That's the, like, and that's what happens when you get something really good mm-hmm. and put out, you put out something for another platform for it or another option for it. People will go buy it if you provide them a good yeah. product. No, that's true. That's true. Definitely. I, I agree. Uh, what else you got for us this, uh, this week, Ben? So the, the next game that's hitting uh, stores, and this is probably going to be a new game for a lot of game stores. But it's been actually out for the past four years. And this is Azul. Uh, This was originally published uh, by a company called Plan B Games. And they had an exclusive distribution contract with uh, one of the smaller distributors in the North American market. Uh, I can't speak to the international market, unfortunately, because I'm not familiar enough with all their distribution hubs. But uh, because it was that smaller uh, distributor, not a lot of people necessarily had them or they couldn't dedicate the the buying power to another distributor so azul stayed off a lot of independent store shelves for for many years my shop being one of those uh but now this has actually been picked up and it's going to be able to be distributed by asmoday north america and it will uh will be hitting hitting game store shelves this week uh just so and most uh most retailers have access either to asmoday directly or to ACD Distribution, which uh, has the ability to, to sell Asmodee distributed games. So uh, I expect this to get a nice big resurgence, this game. Uh, it's a tile uh, collection and kind of laying game. I, I guess it's not really a tile laying game. It's more tile collection than anything else. And it's, it's just a, a gorgeous piece. You've got these plastic tiles with wonderful patterns on them. You're grabbing them off a, off a kind of, I don't want to say a rotating game board, but different pieces will come up at different times. You get to pick and choose what you get, what goes into a, into a discard pile. And then you're, as you add them to your own mosaic, 
you'll score points and any excess you'll you'll lose some points for so you got to really pay attention to what you're picking up what colors you're picking up and where you're placing them in your mosaic to to, to win the game that's cool yeah, this is a really really uh nice uh it's got a really nice eye appeal as far as is you know i i know that uh you know a lot of folks really it piques a lot of folks' interest just just seeing this game on on the table. It's, it's got a very pretty graphic design to it. Yeah, um, I uh, I've never played Azul. I know it's it's super popular. It's it's again it's it, I know it's only been out for like four years, but now it's it is kind of like one of those games that uh, you know most board gamers have to have in their collections now at this point, uh, just because it's such a good. Uh, uh, so it's such a good, good, such a good, solid game. Um, I'd be curious to see with this new um, distributor with Asmodee if the quality of the components have gone down at all from the original. Um, but I, I would have guessed that it's probably the same, probably the same production, just different. You know, people getting it out there and, and shipping it around. But you never yeah. know. From, from what I understand, it the the actual production has not changed, and I guess I froze again. So hopefully my my words are coming through. We can still hear you, but, okay? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't expect the quality to change much. Uh, I'll definitely be interested in looking at as well. But uh, as far as I understand, it's not that the game was bought out and is seeing you know a second edition or something. They basically are just taking over distribution for for this game. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, and then there's been a couple other uh, versions of this game too, right? There's uh... yeah, they've spawned uh, at least two other two other copies. Uh, there's um, uh, what is it? Uh, Summer Pavilion, and then there's one other, and I can never remember the name of it. Um, all of them, all of them, kind of play with the same concept of of tiles uh, collected and put out there, but they all have a little different spin on them as well. Nice, yeah. No, I, I'm uh, I'm glad to see this this uh, get get further out into uh, per, you know distribution because uh, I know I missed my opportunity to pick it up and it is one of those games that I think I, I should probably have in my library at this point. So, <sighs> cool. All right, I think that's probably going to do it for this week, Ben. All right. All right. Let's get to our featured topic, which is games we thought we would. We wouldn't like, but end up liking. Just a second. And now, our feature presentation. So many pixels. So many pixels. Reminds I like the I, I like the VHS hum at the end of the little yeah. clip too. Yeah, it's great. It's a nice touch. <laughs> it's, it's that nostalgia right there. Um. Yeah. I. I there's uh, there's been a lot of games that uh, that have surprised me uh, over the years. Uh, there's two in particular that that I can think of. One is a board game. One is an RPG. One is actually a game that I've just recently played, which is interesting to to uh, talk about a little bit. But uh, yeah, I thought we we play we talked about games that kind of disappointed us uh, last week. We should probably touch on the the opposite games that kind of surprised us out of the blue after playing them uh, this week. Uh, and that's what we'll talk about this week. Uh, who wants to go first with the game that uh, that that kind of surprised them that they didn't think they were going to like, but end up liking once once they once they played it? I will go first. All right. <laughs> Ticket to Ride. 
<laughs> Seriously. Wow. I had okay. No, Excellent segue. I had. I was. Uh, it was hilarious that it was a Ticket to Ride expansion that was new at the store. Honestly, I was laughing. <laughs> Um, when I first tried Ticket to Ride, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of trains. Uh, it was never a thing either. up here. Like up in Canada, there's, there's hardly anything for trains. It's not a, it's not part of our culture as much as it is in the United States. Um, so I, I play, was playing with some friends of mine and I was like, uh, um, okay, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing or whatever. And the strategy was easy enough that I had no trouble grasping the rules I had no trouble understanding, you know, okay, my job is to get the longest train or complete the most routes. It's very simple mechanics. Um, and I was thinking it's almost too simple. I was like, eh, I don't know if this is going to really hold my interest. But within three turns, it was basically cutthroat ticket to ride at my at the table <laughs> that I was playing at. Yep. Because it was like you, like we, we were threatening each other. <laughs> like, don't you put that train there, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh uh, and we had don't a blast. Dare close off that route. Yes, exactly, Amanda. We had mm -hmm. an absolute blast with this game. It was hilarious fun. We must have played like five times in the course of a weekend. It was ridiculous. So yeah, that was that's that's a a, a good segue and uh, one of my picks. I, I will say that the the digital implementation implementa implementation Easy for of ticket. Say. Yeah, whatever. The, the the digital app for uh, Ticket to Ride is actually really good as well. So if you ever want to play, uh, if you're ever looking for an app for your for your you know tablet or for your iPhone or, or you know your mobile device, definitely uh, definitely give uh, Ticket to Ride a, a consider because uh, it's actually pretty well, really well done actually for uh, for one of those yeah. board game apps. I, I will say uh, Ticket to Ride is one of those games that if uh, there is a little bit of a, uh, a learning curve. So if you have a brand new player and someone who's mm. very seasoned with Ticket to Ride, um, the brand new player can feel a little fish out of water because it's very, you see a lot of the established players, the, the strategy is not to put your uh, trains on the table as quick as possible. The strategy for the established player is to build up your hand of resources, your cards, which allow you to lay the trains as much as possible until you've you've hit that push that luck mechanic where you think okay everyone's going to start laying trains now and then you start discarding your cards to fill out your routes as quick as possible where new players they get a set of cards to lay a route they play it immediately um and that those two different types of play styles can kind of grate against each other but <laughs> yeah, as long as much. there's that uh, uh there's that understanding with the play group of what you're going to do uh, I think I think the game can be played and enjoyed phenomenally on both ends of that spectrum, whether it's the the more casual play or the highly competitive. For sure, yeah. play. sure, sure. My my first couple of games, I got absolutely schooled because I was doing that. I was like, oh, I need to do this route from here to here, so I have these cards, so I can put down two cars, and then within like three turns everything that I was trying to do was blocked <laughs> every, every ah! single thing. I was basically paralyzed for most of the game. It was, it wasn't very fun, but once I figured out that mechanic, I was like, okay, I get it now. You guys are all jackasses <laughs> and I have to act accordingly. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Amanda, what, uh, what about you? What, uh, what's, what's a game that you've played that uh, you didn't think you were going to enjoy, but then ended up liking? Okay, so I'm going to talk about just board games for this one, because RPGs, whether or not I like them, is entirely dependent on who's sitting at the table with me. <laughs> That's true, yeah. 
Unless the system's just bad. But yeah. anyway, for board games, I, I, I don't usually approach games going like, I don't think I'll like this because then I'm just not going to play it. But I'll have games that I have low expectations for. Sure. Games that like you see them and you're like, oh, this will probably be like, okay, I, maybe not that serious. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'll give it a shot, but I'm not expecting much. Well, I was wandering around my uh, local conven- gaming convention a couple of years ago, and we had like a little demo alley where uh, game designers can bring their games that are not quite released yet, or maybe not even quite finished yet. Some of them are bringing stuff that are about to go to Kickstarter and they have a nice prototype. Some of them are bringing stuff that's just like in paper playtest mode, but it's it's a really cool little feature of my local gaming con. Um, and I happened to see this game where they had like a whole bunch of really cool stuff on their table. They had like a bunch of little props and scenery laid out. And I was like, what is this? I see that you have little trees on your table. I am curious. And they're like, oh, it's a game about uh, fires, forest fires. And I was like, yeah, all right. This seems like it's probably like a real simple casual game, but sure, I'm, I'm touring Demo Alley. I'll check it out. Well, that game was Fire Tower. And this game is freaking awesome. <laughs> that is, that's actually a really good game. Yep, I we played I played that with you, Amanda. Yes, I think when, I when just, I came to yep, yeah, because I had just gotten it. My Kickstarter had just gotten fulfilled when you came to visit, and we played it. And the game that we played was went a little bit slowly because uh, somebody, Sydney, <laughs> was holding all of the like screw your neighbor cards and didn't play any of them so the game was a little bit less aggressive than it shouldn't have been because she's like i don't want to be mean to anybody and i'm like no this is a cutthroat game where you try to burn each other's fire towers down that that's the way my kid plays it's it's very frustrating it's very, like you can't play like, any take that it was games the longest game of fire tower on record because she just wouldn't give up any of those cards which was kind of funny she's uh, she's like that and and it it does make the games that we play a lot a lot more challenging it used to be you know we could find games and we we review them that's kind of how the the channel started but uh yeah she's she's very particular as far as uh as far as games whenever you you guys used to do games in your reviews she was always trying to beat the snot out of you well that's (laughs) that's because i'm her dad yeah, I was gonna different. say, so it was just because Amanda right. was as that right. yeah. too. Right. She didn't want to be mean. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was me and I don't remember whether Derek was playing or whether your Amanda was playing as the fourth I, player. Yeah, I think I think that those are the four players, yeah. So yeah, I think I, I watched. I think I did watch it. But oh, I, that's right. You were watching and it was the four of us playing. Yeah. yeah so she didn't she, if you were playing, she would have used the cards. I'm thinking yep. she would have lit half the board on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have been the first I would have been eliminated in like the first five minutes. <laughs> and right. would have been, I would have just been sitting there right watching. to your tower done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like fanning those flames, you know. Convincing everyone else to gang up on you too. Yeah. Um, Um, So there's another entire category of games that I always have low expectations for every time one enters my house. It's another type of board game, and that's board games made for children. Board games made specifically for children. I have two young kids, so people people know we like games, and our kids like games, and so they'll buy us like buy the kids games for their birthdays or for Christmas or whatever, and a lot of these games are just terrible. They're just not good. 
And so my expectation whenever a new one comes in is just, okay, this is probably not going to be good. Like a lot of them are basically just like, are basically just like Candyland or just like a memory game or that sort of thing. It's a lot of reskinning of those yeah, basic they, concepts. They're usually just roll and move kind of kind of games. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. They're usually roll and move games or memory games. That's right. that, and that's it. That's what you get. Which which is fine because kids do need to learn those types of skills. Like it's it's and they usually enjoy for, them, but well. I'm forced to play them with them, and I, <laughs> I don't have fun when we do those He's games. Trapped in there too. <laughs> All right, so two games that were I, I because they were kids' games. My expectations were just very very low, but were surprisingly really good. And this is one that we just got recently called Fish Sticks. Fish Sticks. So Fish Sticks is like a, it's a tile laying game where you're trying to make patterns of the different types of fish. But every one of these tiles has the fish in like different orientations and colors and everything. And you're trying to make patterns with them by laying them all out in like a giant format and uh, then scoring depending on how many you line up and everything. And it is surprisingly difficult. It requires a surprising amount of strategy. And my five-year-old is absolutely cutthroat at this game. <laughs> 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 Whatever you are trying to accomplish, he will stop you. And <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how much of that is just him being five and being like chaos incarnate and how much is that he actually really understands this game and he is deliberately trying to stop you. I don't know. But this game is actually really enjoyable for adults to play because there's enough challenge in the pattern making with where you have to lay the, t the tiles that you can actually keep yourself actually amused and challenged while you're playing this one. And... Then the last one that I had that again, low expectations because it's a children's game, but it's actually really great is Battle Sheep. Battle Sheep. Sheep. Battle Sheep. Ben's not in his head. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so you uh you have your little pasture and you're trying to uh you you make the little pastures out of like hex tiles and you're trying to spread your sheep out throughout the pasture, but the restrictions on the way that you can move your sheep make it actually very challenging. And there's almost like go-like elements to the strategy that you have to employ. So like little kids can just kind of move their sheep around wherever and have varying degrees of success. But if you actually want to be good at this game, it actually takes a lot of thought. So that's a really good one too. One that is, one that is fun for the kids and for the adults where you're not going to be bored to death as an adult playing it. Oh, and also the thing I like, another thing I like about Battle Sheep is that the components are really high quality. A lot of times the components in kids' games are really chintzy, but the components in Battle Sheep are actually really nice and hefty. These little tokens that are your sheep are actually like, I think they're like melamine, but they're actually really nice and heavy and thick. So mm. it's not like little wafers of cardboard that someone's going to spill yeah. juice on and they're immediately ruined. Or you step on them and they crease. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Okay. So, yes, that was uh, my recommendations for family game night. Nice, with I your, like it. With your little littles. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I, we haven't played hardly any. It's, it makes me kind of sad because we used to play all those, you know, 
kids games uh you know years ago and now now we've moved on and not uh not playing those i would like to play those a little you know again you can you can come and play with my kids and keep them all right. amused all right you, you do that i will probably i will probably uh you know I, i'm not gonna let up on them by the way you know i don't uh I, I will. Yeah, that, I, I will. That is occasionally a thing I have to remind uh, my husband, in particular, when we're all playing as a family. As I can see him starting to get into it, and I'm like, uh, "You're playing with children. <laughs> you are not here to punish and destroy." I, I like, will, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will totally dikembe mutumbo them and block their shot, and then wave my finger in their face and no, 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 no not no. in my house. <laughs> I don't care. But you know, winning isn't the only victory condition when you get to the table. <laughs> just exactly. just want to remind folks. Sure. Just yes. just a reminder yeah, yeah. of your tagline. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Ben, uh, what do you got for what do you got for games that uh, you uh, that surprised you? So I've got a I've got a, a a couple of board games and then one role playing game that I mm. did want to want to talk about. So okay. uh, we'll we'll start with one of the board games, uh, and this is number nine. Uh, NMBR, the numeral nine. Uh, there are just all these little different polynominoes roughly in the shape of the digits zero through nine. And there's a deck of cards. And on the on your turn, you'll flip over the deck of cards and everyone has to take the polynomial and add it to their little pile that they're building in front of you. And you kind of have to build a layer and then put other uh, other ones on top of it. The way you score, though, is you don't score anything for what you built on your bottom layer. You only score what you built on the second or, or third and up layers. And you multiply those by what layer they're on. So if it's on the, 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 the level zero, the ground layer, you score zero points for those tiles. Oh. But then if you're able to support and put these other uh, digits on top on the, on, the, on the first layer, you score their value times sure. one. And if you can build up a second level or even a third level, you start scoring a lot of points. And it takes oh, this, clever. what is a really simple mechanic, and makes it a really rich puzzle Tetris style game. And it plays cool. quick, so you can just re-rack again. Uh, at the end of the game, everyone's going to have used every digit twice in their, in their stack. So you can kind of plan a little bit for what's coming, but the order that the numbers come out is random. So like, it, it, there's a lot of real kind of meaty strategy and, and planning you can go that can also go very awry as you go through it. Um, I saw this at a, at a Gen Con during one of my whirlwind trips down, down Demo Lane, as, as uh, Amanda put it. And I was like, eh, this looks kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, wait I'm actually waiting for this demo over here, but, uh, but it's quick. So I'll sit down and I'll try this out. And oh my goodness. I immediately went and placed an order for this in my store, bought a copy for myself. Uh, it's just a really smart, simple uh, spatial relation game. And I, I was a very big fan of it. Uh, and if you have, you know, 10, 15 minutes between other games, it's a great filler to break out. Nice. Cool. I'll have to check that out. That sounds fun. Um, let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about my my role play game actually because I think okay. this is I think this is gonna spark some discussion uh, particularly from from Doug here. Uh, so the role play game which uh, I was not sure I was gonna like 
In fact, I honestly thought I wouldn't, and I was just going to play it as a as a favor to my friend. Uh, Doug invited me to play on an actual play on this channel of Morkborg, and I did not think I was going to have fun with this game. And I, it, this game is is like the antithesis of everything I am. I'm very pop. I'm very you know, like, <laughs> I'm very much, I, I live in the 80s, you know, early 90s, that sort of thing. And this is like heavy, like, uh, death metal, blackened yeah. art punk death metal. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a shot. And that I came out of that actual play on this channel, and I cannot sing enough praises about this game. Like, I, I, again, I don't necessarily relate to the art, but the the art is fantastic. The production quality of the book is amazing. And the game system itself, I, I want to use the game system itself for other like settings. It's simple. It's rules light. It, it translates quickly and is easily taught. Um, and also just the community involvement surrounding this base system uh, has really taken this game above and beyond anything I would have expected out of it uh, and when when doug first proposed that i i help out with an actual play well, that's awesome i i that uh that makes me happy that to hear this because uh you know i that's kind of why we do the show is to get folks you know <laughs> excited about you know different different rpgs i i'm right there with ben i am not like a like heavy metal you know, rocker dude. I, I don't know. I know it's pretty hard to tell, you know, based on yes. how I look. <laughs> and just, my, you just my, scream death metal. You know, and my, my salmon shorts I that I wear. I have a funny story about that, actually. You have a <laughs> funny story about me? Yes. Oh, okay. Do so do tell do this because now no, I want to hear remember, this. Remember, okay, well, you were asleep for most of the drive to PAX Unplugged <laughs> in oh, 2019. Okay. But we okay. carpooled to PAX Unplugged and the. <laughs> And so we were in my minivan because we had a bunch of crap to bring. Right. And so it had like my CDs in it as we're switching out between oh, different right. CDs. And there's some overlap between my musical tastes and Doug's, but not a lot. And so at some point I was like, as we were getting into Philly and had gone through a lot of traffic and I was tired and frustrated and like, I need something to pump me up. And I'm like, oh, hey, let's put on this uh, disturbed CD. I had uh, hip mesmerized, <laughs> hypnotized in the car. And, and as it starts up and like, I'm all like, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay, I can get through the traffic. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, Doug, it occurs to me that you probably were not much of a disturbed fan. <laughs> Doug's just so like much. passively looking out the window like, yeah, no, not, not. Not really. <laughs> like a little trickle of blood running out of his ear. No, 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 I'm okay. I'm all right, but no. Hey, you know, I, I'll listen to just about anything, so it, it doesn't matter to me too much. You didn't complain, but you were I, obviously not jamming out to it. You, you, you were driving. That's all, you know. If I'm a passenger and somebody's taking me somewhere, I keep my mouth shut because, you know what, they're they're doing all the work, so... I don't have any right to, to say anything, but I, I don't what really. I mean, that was a long tangent. Get it. <laughs> I, I don't really. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't, Mark Borg. <laughs> I don't have anything about, against, uh, you know, various types of music. I'll listen to just about anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm the same way as, as Ben. I'm like, I grew up in the eighties and, you know, I'm very, 
you know, I, I listen to the Jonas Brothers on the regular, you know, and they're probably about as most as probably <laughs> Jason. I saw that, um, you know, they're, they're probably the furthest away from from that uh, that genre as you can get. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just I it's it was just a fun like Ben said, a fun rules light game where you're not taking things seriously. I mean, you it's, do take things seriously because because yeah. you're so fragile in this game. But yeah. then, like you 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 get squashed or you get you know impaled or something in the game, and you're dead. And it's just like, eh, all right, that, that was, was epic. That was but yeah, let's it's it's on. weirdly one of the most entertaining and disturbing mechanics at the same time. Yeah. Like you you can get squished so quickly, so easily by so many things and it can be so gross, but y- you know that's going to happen, so you're you're prepared for it. So you're not like, "Oh my lord, I've lost my character that I'm so terribly attached to. I'm really sad now." <laughs> you're just like, "Oh my gosh, did you remember when my guy got impaled by that the weed whacker on the wall kind of thing? That was hilarious." <laughs> now here's my new character. Plop. <laughs> yep. It's just that's that sort of a game. Like I liked it so much I ended up buying my copy from Ben. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, it's it's a it, I mean I know, you know, Free League has a hard time keeping it in stock just because yeah, you know, A the price point and B the 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 uh just the look of the game and and the game itself is just so much fun and and uh you know, when you have that all that all kind of combined together, it's 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 a no no-brainer. I am I'm, I'm I'm looking at Doug Engler in the in the chat and uh, that's a game that, you know, it, Doug's Doug's kind of new to RPGs, and and you know to introduce him to Mark Mark Borg would be Whoa. super oh, super fun because uh, you know it's it's like we said it's yeah. rules light and yeah. uh, and do you want to die four times in one session? That's <laughs> yeah, great. It's great. If you want to learn about how fragile a character can be? Play Mark Borg. It's, it's, I, it's I, I will say if you are even remotely on the fence about Mark Borg. Go on over to their online character generator and mm. just click a few yeah. and and just let your imagination embody those few sentences they give you yeah. and uh, you'll you'll be hooked. Uh, the, the the character generator is honestly what really gave me that first, oh, I think I really dig this. Uh, just because of how simple it was to click generate and I'd have a fully formed character, mm-hmm. but also just how weird and wacky and, and yeah, yeah. just, oh yeah. Some of the items that you get are so foolish, but they end up being weirdly useful sometimes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've definitely. actually used um, some of the some of the background setting information they give you, the very vague stuff. I actually used some of that to create a character for my fifth edition D and D game. The, uh, the the cleric that I'm playing is from one of the regions in Morkborg, and I'm yeah. using that as my backdrop. And my my uh, DM is just like, "Where are you getting all this from? It sounds really like Dark Soulsy." And I'm like, "Well, sort of." <laughs> all I know is all this talk about Morkborg makes me want to play Morkborg on the right. show. So if you if you'd like now, to see Morkborg on the show, bring back out Morkborg. Uh, uh, it's actually the generator is called the is, is called the Scum Birther. Yeah, yep. that's exactly. That's what it's literally called. the name of the character generator. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's right behind my bookcase, so I could just I could go grab it. We could start playing right now if you wanted to. <laughs> we won't. We won't. But. 
Uh, yeah, I, I love Morkborg. It, uh, I'm excited for Cyborg, and then I'm also yeah. excited for uh, Death in Space, which Death is kind space. of from the from the yes. same kind of folks that uh, same yeah same creative team. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I can't say it other than saying it like that either, Amanda. So I, I might have to get uh, multiple copies of that of Death in Space as well. So cool. Uh, what else you got for us, Ben? Uh, the the last game I kind of want to touch on was uh, Tiny Towns uh, from AEG. Uh, in this, it's uh, it, 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 I guess the the theme of uh, of my games that kind of grabbed me because it's very similar to Number Nine. But uh, these games are everyone gets the same resources but have to do their own thing with them. Uh, in Tiny Towns, you've got a little four by four grid that you uh on your turn you'll pick a resource and every player will then get a version of that resource you have to place it into your four by four grid and you're trying to arrange these range these resource cubes in particular patterns based upon the recipes that are on the table to then remove them and place a building down and the buildings score victory points in different ways depending on where they're put and and all that um and i honestly thought this was just going to be another quick little tile resource placement kind of game um but the genius of it is is because there are so many different ways to arrange these things and as soon as you put your resource in a different space than your opponent does the you're playing very different games and mm. it will and you'll have to figure out who is playing the game more efficiently and that'll resolve itself through through the gameplay um, and actually, one of my first uh, uh, experiences with this game was at a convention where AEG was running a giant game of this, where literally they sat like 30 or 40 people down, and we were all able to play the same game at the same time. Uh, the, the box itself kind of limits the, the players to one to six, uh, but if you have multiple copies of this game, you can... You can play as many people as you have player boards for uh, wow. because everyone's using kind of their own resources to build their own thing. And there's so much diversity on where you can place these resource cubes within that 16 square grid that it can really change the outcome. And no one's score really, really was the same throughout the whole, the whole playthrough. So everyone had, you know, a point here or a point there where they either played slightly more efficiently or slightly less efficiently. And, uh, definitely a really really smart uh kind of resource management spatial relations type game that that really grabbed me and i now own it and all the expansions nice nice, nice. yeah i've heard nothing but good things about tiny towns that was one of those games that came out during the pandemic too that people were playing online i think mm -hmm. quite a bit yeah they they it debuted um yeah, they it debuted in twenty nineteen, and they put out the second kind of expansion was ready to come out right at the beat, or the first expansion was ready to come out, uh, and then the pandemic happened. So as they were trying to promote the expansion, uh, AEG was playing Tiny Towns like every day on on their live stream, and That's cool. uh, yeah, it's like it's something you can play online. Like I said, if you've got a copy of the game, you can play with up to six additional people and. The way they were able to handle it on live stream is you could have the copy of the game or at least pieces that would stand in for copies. You could play along with them. And, uh, yeah, just a really, really smart 
game design that when I saw it, I'm like, oh, you're just you're just putting little cubes on a on a grid. What's what's the big deal? And mm. then you know, five and or six turns into it, you I'm started like, putting the cubes on the grid, oh. and you understood the deal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I I love games when the when a simple concept, a very simple mechanic. Uh, proves to have a lot of depth and strategy behind it. I think that's that's what really grabs me in a game. And when I can see that light bulb click in my brain, that's that's when I get excited. And uh, number nine, Morkborg and Tiny Towns all did that for me. And, nice. uh, and, and in ways I did not think that they would. So surprised and uh, enjoyed. Very cool. Uh, my, I have two games. I have, a, I have a board game and then I have an RPG that, that surprised me. Um, my board game that, uh, that, that kind of surprised me was a game that, that my, my, my friend, uh, Corey actually was playing. I think it was, was Carnage maybe three years ago. Um, Corey had gotten, just gotten, uh, Wasteland Express Delivery Service in, and he was just like, this is from Pandasaurus Games. And, and he's like, uh, hey, you, I just got this in. You want you want to learn how to play it, and I'm like, it's it's a pickup and delivery game, which really isn't my thing. I don't really like it. Although I like I like apocalyptic games. You know that that's that's you know one of the themes that I kind of like. But like pickup and delivery games just aren't really my thing. Like I just don't like them. Um, but you know, he got a game in. He was offering to you know kind of we'd all kind of learn it at the same time. I think all. Four of us. There's four four players, and we none of us had played it previously. Um, Corey had r- read the rules uh, ahead of time, so he was like, "Hey, I'll I'll, I'll walk you through how to how to play it." And uh, I'm like, "Okay, you know, I don't have anything going on." Actually, I think it was it, Amanda. This was the uh, the carnage that you and Derek actually came. Mm-hmm. For. Yeah, I was so, going to say you played that game with Derek. I think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I did play it with Derek. That's uh, that's right. He was one of the four players. I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that. Um, but uh, yeah, it it was it is one of those games where once when you learn it, it takes a little while to like the first two or three turns take a while to kind of comprehend all the different aspects of what you can do and where you need to go and what everything where everything is on the board and because the board I don't know. Oh, I have uh, pictures. The board itself is made up of like, these little octagon and these little like uh, square tiles that move. Around. So it changes every single. It's it's a different layout every single game. Um, so yeah, there, that's that's probably a better look, a better uh, view of mm. it. So and you you're you know piloting these uh, or driving these little uh, you know apocalyptic trucks around the board trying to pick up different resources and bring them certain places and there's various things in your way to to uh to to hinder that and uh yeah i it started out super super slow and like the first like probably 45 minutes into it i'm just like yep this isn't really this is exactly what i thought it was going to be i'm not like it's it's okay but it's just like but then once things started clicking, I'm like, actually, this is a pretty cool game. And I, if somebody wanted to play Wasteland Express Delivery Service, I haven't played it since uh, since that carnage, but I really enjoyed it. 
And of course, part of it was probably because I got to play with Derek and, and Corey and, and, you know, and uh, people that I don't usually get to play with anyway. Um, but I know, I know Derek was super into it. Like he mm-hmm. was, he get, he, he got into it uh, pretty hardcore and, uh, uh, yeah, I would, I would totally play it, play it again. And I'd enjoy it. It'd probably take me another round or two to kind of pick it, pick things back up again. And that is one of the knocks that I have on the game is it takes a while to kind of, kind of learn, especially if you're new players. And I think that there would be like a severe, uh, learning curve uh, benefit. So if like, if you've played this like a time or two, you kind of know what each vehicle does. So you know where you need to go. Whereas if, you know, new players, we all kind of, we probably make rookie mistakes the first couple turns and not make optimal plays, you know, not knowing everything, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Wasteland Express delivery service and, and uh, I would, uh, I would play it again with somebody if they had it out and, uh, I don't think it's pretty. I don't, I don't know if it's hard to find anymore or not. I don't think. I don't think they made a whole lot of copies of it. But Ben, you you don't have any copies of Wasteland Express delivery service at the store, do you? I don't. Uh, I think it had a very small retail release after the Kickstarter, and I'm not not sure if it's still in print. I'd have to check on that for you. Yeah, because since it's launched, it's, it really didn't have too much buzz afterwards I don't, I don't think the quality of the components are really good it's probably one of it i think it's one of the first games that pandasaurus games kind of put out you know and kind of made a splash yeah. for them so um it had a it had really nice uh inner inner storage traits too if I remember yeah it did it did um but it does like i said it does take a little while to get going so just be patient because you know it's going to take you a couple a couple th- two or three turns to to kind of learn what you need to do. Um, and of course, everybody's doing it. So, you know, somebody might take 10 minutes to learn, kind of, kind of think about the, the, the moves that they got to make. And then, you know, there's there's definitely an analysis paralysis there, those first few few hmm. turns. So definitely uh, be, a little, be a little understanding of that. But once everybody kind of realizes what they need to do and what their goals are, it's it's a lot of fun. I liked it. I just uh, I just checked availability at one of our distributors, and they have it listed as temporarily out of stock, but they have stock in all their warehouses. So that that means it probably came back into the warehouse today. Oh, nice! <laughs> so. oh, topical. Well, there you go. Very nice. timely. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun game. You know, it, you're going to probably set aside at least a couple hours though to play it because it does take take quite a while to play, and and uh, yeah. It was fun. It was fun, much better than than I anticipated, and definitely better than it first started out to be. Uh, the RPG that surprised me is an RPG that we just recently played on the show, and that is the Dune RPG from Modiphius, Dune Adventures in the Imperium. Now, I'm a big Dune fan. I love Dune. I can't wait for the new movie to come out. I, I loved. I grew up on you know the the old movie, the '80s movie, and then I also have copies of both the uh, Dune miniseries that Sci-Fi put out, uh, and uh, I, I've watched those r- repeatedly. I, I big big Dune fan. Um, not not a super well, huge fan, but I, dirt, I, that boy. I I do I do enjoy the the setting and 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 the uh, you know. Just the world of Dune, um, but 
I'm not a big fan of the 2D20 system that Modifius has for most of their games. I don't know. It just, like, a lot of it seems really kind of clunky for me. Like, like I've played John Carter of Mars, and it just didn't... Conan didn't really kind of hit me either. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was a good system. And then maybe it's just the matter. You don't, you don't like... You like the 2D20 system? I will say that I I love I love Star Trek. I love okay. Modifius' Star Trek. It's so good. Star Trek it's is so a little good. bit different. Yeah, it's so I, I good. love Conan. So, <laughs> do you love the Conan RPG? Yes, very much. I'm a do huge you really? Conan fan. Yeah, it's I not just that it's... Kickstarter hard. Like, it, was, it was painful for me not to back it physically. I will say it that cost a fortune. <laughs> mm, oh yeah, I'm sure. I will say that. Uh, I've I have not tried to run one of these 2D20 games and from what I see on the player end it seems like running one is a bear. It seems like a lot to run one. Right. And that's what kind of kind of detracts me from from really getting into the 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 other ones. Um and it could be just the GMs or, or you know again like Amanda said it depends on a lot of RPG, you know opinions kind of depend on the other players that you have around you and yeah. the GM that's running the game. And a, ba- and a bad group or a bad DM can ruin your opinion of a game yeah. very quickly. Um, but I'll tell you what, Will came on and of course Will's a big DM, uh, big Dune fan, yeah. and he, he <laughs> ran that game and it was fluid, it was fun, it was so much it, it just ran. I was very a lot. disappointed that I couldn't be there. Like, it was it was a lot it. smoother <laughs> than than any other two D twenty system that I've that I've played, and and I was like, wow, you know what? This makes me want to go back and read the rest of the like because I, I read the read the rules of the Dune, you know, because I I pre ordered the the game and I bought the PDF, and you know I read the rules before the actual play, and you know once once you get to like the adventures to kind of run, you kind of just the GM section, you kind of hold back and you're like, okay, well, I hope, you know, I can play this at some time at some point, but now it makes me want to go back and I started reading it again. And, you know, I want to read more about uh, the, the adventures that, uh, and then hopefully maybe at some point I'll be able to run them, but uh, yeah, I probably won't be able to run it as, as well as Will did. Well, Will did a phenomenal job. So I was really, uh, really impressed with the, the Dune RPG and, and that did not disappoint. And um, yeah. I think it did. It did. It did well. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just surprised me. It. I. I was gonna buy it no matter what. That, that was like one of those <laughs> RPGs that. This is like one of those RPGs that you know. Well, you know. Big fan of the the property. I'm gonna buy it anyway just to kind of have it and. You know, if I play it, I play it. If not, I don't. But now I really definitely I I want to play more of it. So. Hopefully, sometimes, uh, hopefully. if you if you have the if you have the funny money to, to, to play around with, sometimes it's worth supporting something that you like, whether or not you like that particular part of it, just to show the community at large, you know, through your paying through your wallet that you are interested in their product. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with. Um, expansions and modules and, and other well, things for, have, for Dune. because They have a lot of books to mine. They really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is mostly based off of the movie for the most part. It looks like, visually, it looks like it's based off a lot of, it's like they had a lot of access to 
what the movie's going to look like. So um, um, it'll be interesting to see if they, if if it's if the movie's successful. Because I've heard that the movie that's coming out kind of ends abruptly, and they've already uh, banked on the fact that there's a second sequel, movie. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of action, like science fiction movies, do that now, where they they deliberately leave sections of the story untold so that they can get the fans all hyped up. Like, oh, but we didn't get to see what happened to so and so. We need another movie. So Amanda I, does, is wrinkling her face at this. I don't like that. <laughs> it, it does definitely makes it a, like if they're going to film two movies at the same time, that then I'm I, I'm in favor of that. Like like did, like they did with Lord of the Rings. Like like if they if they can film one or two movies and I, I'm okay with that. It's the okay. Let's make a movie, see if it takes off, but yeah. we're going to leave it kind of on a cliffhanger and see if. There'll be enough support for audience. a second. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. That's what I don't not, like. When exactly. Do that's what I'm saying. I don't like when, that. I don't yeah. like when they treat every everything that's released as just like a test product to see if they can turn this into some Maybe. giant franchise yeah. that exactly. they can milk yeah. forever. Like, ugh. Eh. I don't eh. mind it if they want to do that kind of cliffhangery, you know, haha, you know, tune in next time kind of thing. If I don't see it coming. If I'm halfway through the movie. And yeah. for whatever reason, I notice that they've only got like, you know, 35 minutes left to finish the story and there's not a chance they can do it properly. Then I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, they're going to leave this un, unresolved or there's going to be some major thing that could continue. And I'm going to, and I'm, uh, then I'm instantly already annoyed because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that theater knowing that I wanted another 45 minutes to an hour to fully resolve this and that I'm going to have to wait two to three years probably to actually find out if I'm ever going to see any more of this. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're just like, well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. My, my wife actually, uh, she felt that same thing when she saw the first Lord of the Rings movie. And she, she was like, she hadn't read the books before. And then yeah. she's like, wait, what? We're, we're just leaving it there? And then she actually done. went and read the books because she wasn't going to wait two years for. I need to know <laughs> what happens. I remember when I was watching the Fellowship of the Ring. Actually, um, about I'm about two and a half hours in because it was it was long. Of course, it was long. I, well, I don't think it was two and a half hours. I think it was almost at the two hour mark. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm racking my brain. I'm like, well, I've because I've read the books cover to cover so many times throughout my life. I'm like. When like where where's the stopping point? Where are they gonna where are they gonna nip this in the bud? Where are they gonna wrap this up for this movie? And I was just like things just kept happening. I was like oh I was just in my glory. I was just like this is so amazing. They're still and then doing all of a sudden, things. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it was just like caught. And we stopped. <laughs> I'm like what what what? <laughs> I was so mad, but also I didn't see it coming. So <laughs> even though I've read the books. Uh, <laughs> Let us know in the comments if there's any games that uh, kind of surprised you, uh, uh, you know, that uh, you didn't have high expectations for that, that surprised you. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to some of the chat here while we can. Uh, Rob says, getting Doug to run My Little Pony for us was my favorite. I did run My Little Pony for you all. That's a good system. Tales of Equestria actually is a really good system. That's, if you that's like, the thing. If, if, don't if you don't like, pigeonhole a system based on, a, based on, the, based on the, the art or you know, or the setting itself or the other material. Like don't, don't look at something and immediately say, eh. Embrace give give. your inner pony and go play yeah. Tales of it, Equestria. You it's never know. System. Like, 
And a lot of the times it's whether or not the system gets out of the way. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a game about like ponies, you're going to want to just run around and be a pony. You don't need to be like consulting tables or figuring out your moves or your power moves or whatever. Just play the game. And if the system gets out of the way, that's, that's how you get a good game. I had the, the, like we did a charity game for, uh, for gamers for a cure at carnage uh, where I ran my little pony and it was some, it was super fun. Um, we had like two young, younger girls. Like I think they were probably they were probably like six and eight, and then their mom was there, and then um, a couple. There was like another couple there that were they were probably like in their like late twenties, and then Jordan Streeter, and. <laughs> I don't know if you if you know who Jordan is. Jordan's been on the show. He was in in our tiny dungeon uh, campaign. Uh, they all played, and I'll tell you what that was that was super super fun. And uh, Jordan actually walked away going, you know, I just kind of signed up for this game just you know just to kind of laugh about it, but I actually really enjoyed it. And that that's uh, says something about the system when when that happens. Uh, Hungry Ewok says, "I liked Mouse Guard a lot more than yeah. I thought it would." That's uh, I, that's one game that I would like to have on the show, but I don't feel comfortable running Burning Wheel for like as a as a GM. Like I don't know, I'd have to find someone that's really good at running Burning Wheel. Yeah, Burning Wheel what, is an investment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a chonky. <laughs> love the world, love the setting. I don't know if I would be comfortable playing uh, running Burning Wheel. It's one of those kind of RPG books that I look at all the time, and I'm like, God, this thing is gorgeous, but I'm never going to play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you buy yeah. an art piece, and you know you're you know you're not going to fully appreciate it because you can't quite get it, but you know it's cool. But you, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, you know, where you just want it to yeah. have it on your coffee table because, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Burning Wheel is one of those games that, that everybody seems to love, but I don't know how many people play, actually play it. It's it's used a lot as reference material, actually, I find. Like, whenever I, I, I see people listing, you know, like, your, your must-read um, RPG books to really, you know, get you into the, the whole creative vibe of, of, of running your own game, stop that. Stop that right now. <laughs> Doug is sitting over here flexing, folks. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to at first, and then once Jason saw it, I, I had to keep going with it. But yeah, like it's it's one of those things that's always in everybody's suggested reading material when it comes to a new uh, a new DM or something like that. Like Burning Wheel ranks very highly in the you need to read this because it has some really great insights in how to create and run your own game, generate mm. your own world, you know that sort yeah. of thing. So I think it's more almost like a resource than an actual interesting frequently played game. At least in my area, anyway. Like I know a lot of people who, if you say Burning Wheel, they're like, "Oh yeah, have you ever played it?" Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, uh, Hungry Ewok says Mouse Guard is definitely a looker. The system is, is that weird friend everyone seems to have. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I. I would love to run an RPG. I would love to have an actual play of, of Mouse Guard on the show. It's uh, it's it's, um, it's it's this guy. This, this guy. This guy is the Jason's weird friend. pointing out the weird friend. Yeah, he's the weird friend. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm a weird friend too, so. Uh, you got blue hair. I mean, 
Manny's got red hair. Doug's got silver hair. I'm the only think, person here with. I red think hair. we're all we're all the weird friends. <laughs> this is the this is the weird friend co-op right here. <laughs> this is it right here. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, like I said, it's one of those games that I've I've always I've got the the hardcover for uh, Mouse Guard uh, Second Edition, and I've also got the box set. The box set is is really really nice. Uh, I think it's out of gorgeous. print now. What's that? Yeah, the box set is gorgeous. Yeah, the, my only the, my only gripe about the box set is that it comes with a paperback uh, copy yeah. of the of of the the rule book and not a hardback. Oh, but, uh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I, so. I like that's one thing I really do like in a lot of games, like Alan's games when he ever releases those. There's a hardcover if you buy the deluxe version. There's a hardcover and a soft cover, so you can like hardcover for you, soft cover for the table kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I I wish more games did that, but yeah, you got to include a hardcover. People just, yeah. you know, it's just it's it's a value added thing. I, I'm thinking it's a weight thing for the box, as far as as far, <laughs> yeah. you know, because because the, mean, the book is kind of chunky, you know, it's yeah. a good size book, it's yeah, you know, decent sized book. It's yeah, but again, it's that nice square, you know, book that uh, the, that that uh, the Mouse Guard comics came in, and I love that about because uh, the only thing that I hate about that. Is that it doesn't line up very well on my my RPG shelf. It like, oh yeah, you, know, um, you have all these nice books that are all like in the even. The, all the bindings are all yeah. like in a row, and then you've got that one book that kind of sticks out yeah. and kind of uh, you know isn't as high as the others. Yeah, I got my Kickstarter copy of uh, Vigor into Dust, um, yep. just recently, and it's one of those perfectly square books, and it's just yep. it's, it's on my shelf over here with all of my zines and stuff like that. And I'm just like. What are you doing? <laughs> I stare at it sometimes. I'm like, what? Get it? Come on! I'm gonna have to move all these other books back to what, you now. What is happening here? <laughs> You're just being a rebel for the sake of being a rebel. I uh, now I want to now I want to get my copy of Mouse Guard out and, and see if I can <laughs> tackle it again. Like I've I've picked it up. I've probably picked it up at least three or four times. And like, you know, you know what? I'm gonna put it on the show. I'm I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna. And then like I'm just and then I'll get like, you know, about forty pages in and I'll be like mm. Yeah. yeah that feeling's gone we'll, now. <laughs> we'll we'll put more Borg on the show, that'll be so much easier. <laughs> I do that with the um with the um when Vason released, uh they came they yeah. you had the option to buy that um the inspirational with all the uh with all the um Nordic um creatures. The, 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 oh, the, the, uh, the art thing. book. Yeah, yeah, the art book. Um, I constantly am pulling that off the shelf and just thumbing through it and reading entries and stuff like that. And I read like twenty or thirty entries, and they, they give me ideas or seeds for adventure stuff and stuff like that. Uh, sure. And then it goes back on the shelf, and then every once in a while, I, I pull it off. Like it's probably one of the most used books I've got right now, honestly. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a uh, like a monster codex or a beast. Sort of, yeah, but it's 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 of course it's just strictly lore there's no stats whatsoever right it's just you know it's just here's a here's a cool Im- art image of the creature that i that we're describing in this section and and then you move on to the next creature and that's it's super handy to have to get you out of the standard tropes when it comes to you know creating monsters and dungeons and stuff like that it's very handy no doubt all right i think that's probably we're almost at our 90 minute mark uh, I hope you enjoy the sorry about the technical difficulties uh, early on with the show. Uh, we, we do appreciate everybody that, that hung on 
and uh, joined us uh, and kept on uh, kept kept on believing. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank everyone that joined us in the uh, the chat. I'll remind folks that if you're listening to this uh, on the audio podcast, I apologize for the first 10, 15 minutes that you had to endure. Um, but I, again, in, in I appreciate you. awkwardly tried to figure out what was going on. Right. Um, but uh, you can join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern and be a part of the chat, just like uh, Rob and, and Hungry Ewok and, and Doug Engler and uh, John and... John. Yeah, thank you guys so much for for joining us in the chat. Uh, we'd love to have you join Aww. us every Monday morning at uh, Doug, uh, believe or Monday, Monday, Monday evening. Monday sorry, morning. Monday every Monday evening uh, <laughs> at nine p.m. Eastern. Sorry, it's been a long day. I'm not on it my has. game tonight. I've I've been up since four o'clock this morning, so I am just. Uh. In Canadian time, that's only like what, that's, a couple, uh, of, is, a couple hours ago. This is what it feels like to be you, Doug. <laughs> I think I've been averaging like three hours of sleep lately. Yeah, that's well, I got five, so I guess I'm not quite there yet. I'm not on your level. All right, folks, that's going to do it for episode 108 of the Chaotic Goodcast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We will see you all next week. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victorycondition have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. So, so uh, we were all on uh, Doug Engler's show last night on, the, mm -hmm. on an amazing radio. Uh, Jason was not... But he was definitely the topic of uh, of conversation, <laughs> and uh, Doug is in the chat, and he says the next time we have you uh, on uh, Amazing Radio, uh, Jason, we need to we need you to join us. Um, basically, Jason's toes was the topic of of the pretty much the entire episode. This was all Barney's fault. Barney and, decided and, that he was going to make it weird, and that's what he did. Sure. I asked afterwards in the chaotic good chat. I was like, "Hey, how'd it go?" And they were all, like, "It went great. It was okay." And then uh, uh. they started talking about that. I was just like, "Oh my god!" I'm, and at the back of my mind, I was like, "No, they didn't do that. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't." It, it actually like, happened. Barney, Barney wouldn't be that guy. And then I'm thinking, "He would." I'm talking about Barney. He is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Barney actually, you should know that Barney actually messaged me privately. I was like, "I'm sorry if I embarrassed you last night." <laughs> <laughs> I just felt bad that I couldn't be there because I was pumped to be there. I, I like how Barney only apologized for last night and not, you know, like every Monday. <laughs> every every other time. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every month. Yeah. Oh, I think he said, well, oh. you, know, you know what our revenge was? We didn't read his dad joke this week. Oh, that's I, right. I was just going to say we didn't, we didn't do his dad joke. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did he give us one? Did, to, he, did, he did, yeah. Oh, he did? He was demanding yeah. in the chat. He was like, somebody read my rainbow dad Should, joke. Do you... Oh wait, but he said it last. He said it yesterday, last night, right? On the, uh, on, on the on the on last. Oh, night. did he say yeah, it on yeah. Duck Show? Yeah, he wanted yeah. us to do it again. He, he wanted us to do it again. Line. Yeah, no, we're not. We we're not double dip, Barney. Yeah, Barney, come on, get some new material, and then yeah. maybe we'll 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 say it. Yeah. What we what we should tell you is go listen to Doug Engler's show, and you can hear the joke that Barney wanted us to. Yeah, true. there you go. If you really, really want to hear it. Check out an amazing radio on uh, on YouTube, and you can uh, you you can uh, listen to Barney talk about Jason's toes and tell his dad joke about rainbows. Mm -hmm. 
Um, sure. Spoiler alert: There's nothing interesting about my toes. <laughs> not a darn thing. They're not. They're not long. Barney no. has a fascination. He wants Bar to know. Barney wants to know if they're long and if they're hairy. I will neither so, confirm nor deny either I, of those things. I, I, I just, it's just too weird. This is all just too weird. Bar Barney's theory is that everyone's toes fall into one of those two camps. They're either, they're either hairy long or they're hairy. Or long, so. Oh, okay. Do you have like Do you have like a really like big big toe, Jason? I mean, it's, it's a big toe. What? Why are we talking about this? Some people's big toes are kind of small. I don't think it's abnormally sized. I think it's normal. I have a big, big toe. Oh, I have big, big toes. Of... I should say, not just this one. This is the quality two. content that people hang out for. Apparently, after the show. this is. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm think I'm gonna start a new like Jonas Brothers cover band, and it's gonna be called Doug's Enormous Big Toe. I have I have two big toes. I have big thumbs too. I don't know if you've. I, I've got big thumbs, so. <laughs> I just don't understand why this is a thing. You just you just lean into it, whatever whatever comes <laughs> Doug, up. At the end. I thought Amanda was gonna get sick during that conversation. No, I'm just confused. <laughs> I'm just really confused as to why this is a thing. Why is this a thing? I it just is. We all have toes, Amanda. Well, it's true. Hopefully, I mean, some people don't. But... Some people don't. I've seen a few fish hooks get stuck in toes. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Fish hook injuries are bad, bad news. We had a guy get a tuna hook stuck in his toe, but he was fishing uh, on a lake. It was uh, so weird. Why, why did he, what was he hoping to catch? The Loch Ness I Monster? I, yeah, well, there's a thing in our lake that they call the Kinusu. Um, it's uh, supposed to be a giant fish that, uh, that is, oh. uh, it's our own Loch Ness Monster. Right, maybe that's what he was looking right. for. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure he found it at the bottom of a few cans of beer before he went <laughs> Yeah, that was that was weird because they were they were trying to get it out of the tuna. It just did not want to come out. Oh. <laughs> it's, like, tuna hooks are like you have your standard fish hook is is fairly st standard. A tuna hook is about three times thicker than that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like somebody getting like taking a pencil and getting it stuck in their toe. <laughs> Yikes! That's crazy. gross. Oh, I think man. I think Amanda's very close to reaching for that X card. <laughs> <laughs> You're flinging it at the camera. Just stop, stop talking. That's the X card, please. <laughs> no, that's just eh, uh, eh. Uh, no, that's just a weird. Uh, thing about. That's just gross. Barney's a strange man doing strange okay. things. Yes. Yes. I mean, he's also a Freemason, so let's not forget what what, what? Do where did this come from okay evidently jason knows that freemasons are obsessed with his toes that's, I guess. that's what he's trying to it's tell us some sort of that's why they wear those robes when they go to the meetings because everybody's got no feet no socks on they're like everybody's everybody's feet are just sticking out and it's the only thing you can see so it's the only thing that people are interested in okay Bring i mean that's at least a theory doug talked about pop tarts did he last night imagine that a little bit no, I, I don't believe it what's that look at ben's link or his name rather uh, from his <laughs> secret <to his> <laughs> Nice. Nice. Oi. Oh, all right. That's our 90 <laughs> minutes. We'll see you all next week. We're right on time. Well we done, are. Everyone. Good night, we'll everyone.
That toes content really filled it out. Oh. Right. Hexatoes. Hashtag nope. Hexatoes no. on Twitter. No, no. I swear to God. No. I don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Twitter in a minute here and look for that. And if I find anything, Ben. We should we should find like a gif that, says, that, that has like people like waving with their toes, like no, and, like they can no. yeah. Nobody needs to see that. Hexatoes. 